As a child, I was perfection. I needed to be. My brother, Holden, had some serious issues with social skills and around people in general. My parents already had enough on their plate trying to deal with him. So from a young age, I decided to be the reliable good girl. Never complaining, always conscientious, my parents soon learned that I could be trusted by myself. Throughout elementary and middle school, my parents gave Holden the majority of their attention, but I didn't mind. I liked the independence. A routine had been established. Then, tragedy struck. My grandma was diagnosed with leukemia the summer before my sophomore year. Our veil of order was shredded. Grandma was the only one who understood me and who I felt that I could be honest with about my feelings. Having her reduced to a shell of her joyful, loving self was like a bullet in my chest. She was my slab of stability for when I would break down under all the stress and pressure to be perfect. Now, five months later, my grandma is still in the hospital and the doctors aren't seeing any improvement. I'm afraid she won't be able to conquer this obstacle, that my hero will be gone, reduced to a memory. My parents and Holden seem unaffected by the fact that the strongest woman in history is being eaten from the inside out, and I want to scream at the unfairness of this world. Why do the worthy people suffer the most? Is it just some cruel joke, or is there a higher meaning? Whatever the answers may be, I know that I've been spiraling out of control ever since that cold winter morning she phoned from the hospital. When she gave us the news, I ran out of the house, tears running down my face, staining the world with my grief. Sometimes, during one of her substandard days, I consider taking out the Japanese carving knife that lives in the bottom of my sock drawer, and I think about putting an end to all the pain and misery. I always end up placing it back in the drawer, with the exception of one time. It's April, and we're at the hospital visiting my grandma. After our visit, the doctor appears beside my mom and tells her the news in hidden whispers. The cancer has gotten worse. It is now stage four. My grandma has three months left to live. I feel like the whole world is crashing down upon me, as though the earth itself is burning up in flames. On the way home, the car is so stuffy hot I consider fainting. After pulling into the driveway, I leap out of the car and dash into my room. I lock the door. I pull out the knife. My hands are shaking, gripped tight, palms sweaty. The blade pressed against the bulging artery in my wrist. One quick slice is all it will take to end my whole existence. One little cut. I can't do it. Sighing in frustration, I throw the knife across my room. My one light in the miserable life I have is going out. There's a knock on my door, and I know my mom will try to downplay the tragedy we're undergoing. Sweetie, can I come in? My mom asks quietly. No. Just leave, I tell her in an angry fury. Look, I know this is hard for you, but stop. You don't know anything about me. Because you haven't taken the time to obtain knowledge about your own daughter. So actually, you don't know if this is hard for me or not. Lizzie, of course I know you. 
and I know that it isn't easy to have a brother like Holden who needs to be supervised, but I know that I can count on you. I also know that you and Grandma are very close, so I'm aware that you must be scared and suffering. These words make me feel as though I might not be alone as I once thought. I, I'm scared, I choke out. She's the only one who I can truly count on. She promised me she would always be there for me, and now she won't be. I break down in tears. Darling, she's going to keep her promise, because even if she dies, she'll still be with us in our memories. The phone rings. Just a second. I need to take this. She answers the phone and mumbles in a hushed voice to whoever's on the other end. After the call, she comes back to stand outside my door. Hey. Do you want to come out of your room? Your dad's setting up a game of Pictionary. Who was on the phone? My voice is quavering. Just the doctor from the hospital. She sounds cautious. Why would they call unless a severe change has happened? Something happened, didn't it? Well, what did they say? I'm talking in a hurried voice as I try to speak my mind without working myself into a fury. They called to say grandma's currently unconscious and it doesn't look like she'll live through the night just like that the world explodes into a billion pieces or at least mine does grandma won't make it if the kindest smartest strongest person in my life can't be cancer what hope do the rest of us have my eyes land on the blade I retrieve the knife, and this time I can't control it. The pain and grief eating away at my soul. This unnameable force willing me to harm myself. My hand wavers, and slowly, agonizingly slowly, as my mind beckons the knife towards my skin, I slide it over my wrist and barely feel a thing. There's a thud, like a body hitting the floor, and I realize that it's mine as I drift in and out of consciousness. My mom is jiggling away at the handle, trying to unlock my door. But it seems like I'm watching a slow-motion movie underwater. I feel cold. My eyelashes flutter. I struggle to hear what my mom is saying. As I fall into an eternal sleep, I finally catch what she was trying to tell me. I love you, Lizzie. I love you, and I'm so proud of you. Please don't do anything that you'll regret. Well, it's too late for that. (laughs) 